Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights, brought to you by Training Pros. When you have more projects than people, Training Pros can provide you with the right L&D consultant to start your project with confidence. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Learning Insights, and this is going to be a good one. But it's important to recognize our sponsor at Training Pros. Without them, we could not be sharing these stories. So please support them. Uh, today on Learning Insights, we have Tim Garretts, and he is with GMB Architecture and Engineering. Welcome, Tim. Hey, thanks, Lee. I'm excited to learn about what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about GMB Architecture and Engineering. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so we've been serving folks for about 50 years. And I think over the last you know five to 10 years, we've made a lot of changes that... Um, we're really excited about and we're going to talk about today and uh, client wise we are in the education sector we're architects and engineers of course and uh, we look for ways to help them uh, make their students successful now let's talk about uh, the culture at GMB I know that's very important to you and being an employee-owned company kind of makes it a special place I would imagine yeah it is um, you know you talk about culture and, and culture is kind of a hot topic right now um, explaining it, explaining culture specifically is not always easy. So, um, you know, often you hear things like it's a family or it's, it's uh, people first, but, um, I think for us, it kind of comes down to two, um, really important things. One is our teams and the other is the strong personal relationships they have with each other. And all that is kind of built on the idea of, of trust. Now, how did this, um, kind of, I think you call it the team of team structure. How did that kind of come about? Was that always the intention when it was started? We're going to do this. This is going to be kind of uh, employee owned. Was all of this at the start or is this something that evolved over time? I, I think it sort of evolved in some ways. And then we had kind of an aha moment. What we found is that when we were a smaller organization, we saw how our teams were working. And as we grew a little bit larger, our our organizational structure was kind of not, not working anymore. And in a sense, uh, leadership basically found that uh, decisions weren't being made as quickly as we needed to. And we ran into this book, uh, Team of Teams by General Cameron Crystal. And it talked about uh, the Army and how the hierarchy that the Army had was limiting how decisions were being made. And so we started to say, hey, I think we break up into teams. We have teams. Everybody's on certain teams, and and it's those links that become really important between all those teams. And decisions don't need to go up to a hierarchy uh, model in our minds. And uh, we don't really, as leaders, always know the answers to those questions either. And so let's leave that in uh, a system with the right people making those decisions. So it's an interesting book. It's worth a good read. Um, and uh, we, we've just kind of found that we needed to change our framework and write it down so people understood it internally. Now, when you were making this kind of a shift, it sounds like a lot of it is a mental shift um, for the leadership to say, OK, this, it's going to require trust and, a, and really good communication in order to pull this off. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I think trust is a big one where uh, without that. You, you do go back to the hierarchy model where, well, we need to make all the decisions. So it's really empowering our people 
who, who know the right answers to it. We, we as leadership, sometimes we're, we're getting asked questions we didn't know. And so we really revert to those teams uh, and they're really responsible as a group, not as individuals, but as a group making those decisions. And so that's, that's something where, where we really have noticed uh, in the teams though, we need strong personal relationships. And so our, I think something unique to us is we make time for our employees to build personal relationships. And so I would give an example a little bit of how a team might work or might not work. And I'd, I'd use kind of your neighbor. If you had to have a new neighbor move in and, and your spouse said, hey, uh, we should go meet them. And you don't go do that. And you don't do it for a year. After a while, you might find that going over to borrow a cup of sugar isn't going to happen. What we do right away is make sure our employees get connected with another person and many people. And therefore, we think that communication uh, amongst our team is improved. Um, so in that same analogy with the, the neighbor, if you, if you know them, you're willing to go ask them difficult questions or ask them for their help. And it's that same kind of idea with us as we carve out time. Um, and that time in our world is called pods. Uh, every day for 15 minutes, our employees meet. Uh, mostly for uh, social interaction and to help understand each other. And with that, it creates, I think, a care component for each other. It also creates some empathy of what they're going through and how another individual might be able to help them. Uh, now, now when, when you're yeah. doing this kind of work and you're, and you're kind of um, leveling up the trust and the communication, the collaboration by putting in place kind of these core values that say this is how, if you want to be part of GMB, this is how we behave, right? And you're kind of setting yeah. a standard of expectations. And, um, and so there's no surprises here. How did you handle that transitionary period when you know, you were kind of going from the old way to the new way, because I, I think that this requires a level of, it's almost like uh, less ego, right? Because you uh -huh. have to yeah. kind of be for the team and not, I think this can eliminate some politics and some, you know, kind of jockeying for position and uh, this is about yeah. me. It's a great point, Lee. I think what you find is you have to find people who want to win as teams, uh, or win as, win as a teammate and not as an individual. And what you find is after a while, they start to find that it's more enjoyable to win as a group. And I think the part where you let your guard down is you don't need to know everything, but you need to surround yourself in a team that will help you build that ability to know everything or most things you might say. Uh, and that that is something that you will see people have a hard time with where I'm expected to know everything. So no, you're not really expected to know everything. And, and for that matter, you might have somebody on your team who is much better at the, the thing that you're struggling with. And so there is a little bit of letting go um, and doing what you're good at and finding those and having those people surround you that can support you. Now, how do you kind of align everybody's incentives so that everybody feels like they do win when the team wins and they don't have to be kind of the, the lone ranger that's, you know, running with the ball to the finish line. Yeah. Um, I think you'll find in teams um, when they're functioning well, uh, they, they take cues from each other. Um, we have certain things that are highly encouraged of, you know, what we call Friday shout outs for, 
hey, this person's on my team and they really did this well, or they helped me with this and thanking. And it's, it's sort of what you, what you uh, encourage um, that starts to get that idea of, yeah, this really does, it is really different. Um, we have had it in interviews where people maybe just don't quite understand it as well. Like, well, do I have a boss? And it's like, well, your, your, your teammates really are your boss. Uh, which is uh, a big shift for people to understand. Some people don't uh, maybe embrace it as quickly. Um, and some people say, hey, that's just not for me. I really like the hierarchy of our world. Uh, but we think things are changing and we think we really benefit uh, both on efficiency, but also enjoyment of our staff uh, and, and how they work. Now, when did you kind of, so I would imagine you're discussing, hey, everybody, we're going to kind of pivot to this team of team structure, and it's going to look a little like this and then less of like how it used to be. How did you know you were getting traction where, hey, this thing could work? I think this is the right way to go. Were there kind of some some clues that when you were doing this that, hey, let's really lean into this. This is something that's going to be powerful and really change our company. I think people genuinely want to feel empowered in the work they do, but they also really want to understand how is, how, what is my role in, in, in the day-to-day operations and, and how is that clear? And what we try to do is, is uh, really put names on all these teams um, and, and what their responsibilities are. So we have different teams for design that really can help influence that. We have others that are more technical in nature and they can influence that and others that really look at our process, uh, for example. And when people are in the right seats, you've heard that in, from others, individuals say that, uh, they really excel and they feel empowered to make those decisions. Instead of having to go ask somebody else, we've really said, no, that, that's your call. You, you know more about that subject than, than we ever will. Now, how... Um... How does kind of the sharing of knowledge work? Like, so I'm on a team and then maybe I'm doing something cool and innovative. How do I share that best practice with other teams that maybe I don't interact with a lot? Yeah. So um, you'll find that people are on multiple teams. So uh, there are cross links where, hey, I'm on these three teams. So I know what's going on in the other teams. So I can speak up and say, hey, this team is doing that. Uh, so there is that, uh, what I would say, if you think of a, a bunch of teams and they're all in their own little bubble, we can, we can have links across from one team to another because uh, Bill might work on three teams. Uh, and one of those teams that is in question of what's going on in that team, he can, he can you know, address that. And then is there somebody who's kind of... Uh, kind of has the bird's eye view of all the teams and seeing if, Hey, we don't have a, a link here between these teams. And is there somebody kind yeah. of, yeah. So we've kind of created a map. We're using a program called uh Peerdom right now. And that's kind of a mapping program to help us understand how these links happen and specifically what everybody's responsibility is on that team. So this is a new exercise. We're just starting. We're really excited about it, uh, but it's meant to add some clarity to um, our whole organization. We have 135 people. And as you grow, um, it's harder to share knowledge. It's harder to share information and it's harder to keep everybody on the same page. And frankly, people weren't sure as we grew who to ask those questions to. So this 
this system, uh, although kind of complicated, um, it's kind of free flowing. Um, if a team no longer needs to exist, we also have to say uh, it either solved its mission and it doesn't need to happen or um, they're, they're done with their assignment and uh, we move on. So it, it is kind of a once, once always there, it doesn't mean it's gonna stay that way and it, it is evolving and we're trying to figure it out. So in a few years, it might look a little bit different again, Lee. Now, how um, has the pandemic impacted your work? Were you were you always remote workers or, or at one point were you all in one location? And, and so were those kind of serendipitous moments and those kind of accidental collisions happen is easier. And when you're remote, that takes a little more intentionality. Yeah. Um, so we when the pandemic pandemic hit, um, we have four offices. We were all in offices. Now, of course, we, we have clients that are, you know, at different sites. So we, we move around. But for the most part, people had a, uh, a seat at a location. Uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, we went 100% remote, with the exception of one individual at the, at the, still at this point. And I think a lot of the things we put in place over the last three years specifically have made this transition actually go very well. We feel... We feel confident in what we're doing. We're excited how it's going. I think it's both the team of teams and it's really about the pods that we created, those those social groups that meet every day for 15 minutes. It's kind of a lifeline to make sure people are truly cared for and don't fall through the cracks. And it, it, it really became more and more important. We have other committees that are like connections committee and things like that, that make sure that we're interacting and whatnot. But the pods really are kind of the glue that said, hey, I think so-and-so is struggling, or we can do something, or uh, let's have a a happy hour uh, with a smaller group. It's basically taking a a larger group and creating smaller groups within the whole and and, uh, making sure nobody falls through the cracks and everybody's really cared for. And I always say, if you have at least one friend at work, you're more likely to stick around. And this really has been the pods itself has been a, uh, a way for an individual to build friendships and maybe specifically a closer friend. Now, do you think uh, if you were giving advice to other folks that maybe um, are struggling in this area and maybe don't have it together as well as you do, is this something that you can kind of do it a, a small level, a test level, a beta level, or is it something you kind of got to go all in and say, okay, we're, you can't do this a little bit. You got to either do this or don't even bother. Yeah, it, it is interesting. It's like, how does this resonate with uh, other companies and organizations? I think there is a lot of letting go uh, of saying, okay, there are other people that can answer this question better. I'm empowering you to do that. But first, I think you have to have employees you really trust uh, that can carry out kind of this same vision. And uh, without that trust, it's really hard to probably pull it off. Um, you know, some some critics would say, well, why do you meet 15 minutes every day just to talk uh, socially? Uh, our our understanding would be that probably still happens in some way. But we're we're as a as an organization saying, no, it's it's really meaningful. It's important and it impacts our work. It makes our work better because our our employees actually care for each other and know each other. And by knowing each other, they're more likely to go ask them difficult questions or or things that they're 
they're, they're working on or to admit they don't know something. And so it, it, to go all in, um, it, I think it is always baby steps, but it, it, it probably starts with letting go a little bit and trusting your employees. And then maybe creating kind of like, hey, if this is our organization, let's try to map it out and draw what it, what it really looks like so people understand it. Now, talk a little bit about GMB University. How did that come about? Was that something that you put in place early on, or was that something that you were like, hey, we're going to have to formalize some of this stuff and write stuff down and, and map this out a little bit tighter? Um, I, I would imagine at first it was a little chaotic because uh, there was a lot of trust and collaboration happening. And you were just saying, let's see what happens. But then you got to kind of rein it in a little to make sure it's efficient. Yeah. So I think what GMBU or university um, started really with the idea we have people who know things in our office, but as we grew over a hundred individuals, people weren't sharing that as well as we could, we thought we could. And so we took, um, time out of basically a day and a half every quarter with the entire staff and said, we're all going to get together. And there are certain topics that our whole office needs to hear and understand. They may, they may not always be engaged in that activity or that, that uh, information for our client that they need to produce, but it's good for everybody to know it. And so we had our internal people making presentations, which we thought was also good for increasing their ability to give that and practice. But then we also brought in uh, outside speakers. And then it also gave us a chance to kind of cast the vision that you just mentioned, uh, where we're saying, hey, this is where we're headed. Does that all sound good? And so that is important that everybody kind of says, hey, this is at least where we're headed. Uh, That's why we're doing it. And we didn't do that in isolation. There was a lot of it was workshops within that where we'd all get together and say, hey, what's important to our organization? What do we want to keep? And being able to allow our employees to say, this is this part's garbage. Let's get rid of it. And, and sometimes you just need to accept that. Now, doing this kind of work internally through, for, throughout the organization, has this trickled out to the community as well? Is this something that um, it kind of encourages and enables your people to really help their community? And uh, maybe some of this learning and culture can kind of permeate outside of the walls of GMB, but also into Michigan and the other areas you work in? Yeah. So, um, we have a just cause that, you know, back to the idea, we're all working for the same thing. And the just cause for us is basically to make this world uh, a place where uh, our clients are equipping students for lifelong learning. And, and that's our goal. And with everybody kind of heading in that same direction uh, and excited about it, um, we feel like, hey, Nothing can stop you, you might say. And, and there's passion towards that. So um, I would say we are looking for clients that somewhat feel the same way, that education is critical to creating a better world. And so finding those uh, in, employees in the future that want to work for us that have that goal, but then mostly just those clients as well that kind of have that same passion. And then has it played out that way? Are you finding the people that are attracted to GMB are those folks that they want to be part of the team? They they see the value of that and that and it's a point of differentiation amongst your competitors. Yeah, I think um, uh, on the just cause, um, we're trying to be more and more clear uh, with our interviews that 
this is important to us and we want it to be important to our employees and, and asking questions in those interviews to say, hey, is, is, does this resonate with you? Um, it's, it's a little bit harder in an interview, um, but you know, you can start to understand what a client, what their mission is, what they're, what they're excited about. And, um, and so it plays into that as well. Now, have you, uh, this is a, uh, would be interesting. Do you have a piece of advice regarding that? Like, are there clues that a, uh, a prospective client or prospective, uh, employee, um, kind of share or give out that is like, Hey, this is going to be somebody that's going to fit in here. Is there a question you ask that maybe shines a light on that? Or is there a behavior you look for or a past activity they participate in that is a clue that, Hey, they're going to fit in there. Like, is this something that maybe somebody from with a military background is better in this or somebody in a sports played sports? Is there certain things that kind of align it's a, that's a, that's interesting. Um, our interview process, I think a lot of it is, <laughs> and I hear it from um, when I'm in interviews and when the others are, um, do I think he's a really good teammate or is she a really good teammate? Um, would I enjoy, this is a conversation we have sometimes, which is sort of, sort of unique. Would I enjoy a, a, a long ride in a car for three hours with this person and and, and what would that feel like and look like? And so it, it could, it, I think the teammate thing is critical. Um, it doesn't need to be uh, an individual sport uh, in terms of architecture. How we do good work is when we are all collaborating and communicating really well. And those communication skills the ability to not feel like you actually have to know everything. So a little bit of humbleness that maybe we look for. Um, architects are not always known to be humble. And so maybe that, that is something that maybe we look for. I haven't really thought about that, but um, it, what we do, it needs to be much more important to the individual that we interview of the goal of the team and the goal of the client is way more important than any award or individual achievement that that they maybe have had in the past and hope to have in the future. Well, it seems to be working. You're recognized as one of the best and brightest companies to work for, and um, something must be working there. You figured something out. <laughs> well, I will say you don't always have it all figured out, but you have to have the attitude that we're going to try to figure it out. And, and frankly, I think we have a lot of great people that we rely heavily on through, through the, the whole of the organization to help make this better, not just, uh, you know, leadership, you might call it, quote unquote, it's, it's about all of us and creating an environment that we all really want to work in and that we're all really excited about servicing our clients. And when you have that bigger why, it, I think it's easier to find folks that want to get behind it and be part of that journey. Yeah, I think if, if it's real and it's part of your heart, our clients realize that. Um, and and when they uh, when they realize we're as excited about um, pushing their mission forward, and that we're a teammate to 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 making success in every one of their buildings in a school district or at a, at a college or university, they get excited as well. And uh, it's a it's a team thing, you know. Now, what do you need more of? How can we help? Or do you need more talent? Do you need more clients? What what can we do to help you? What does GMB need? Hey, I, you know, I think both of those things are, are what we're looking for. We're, we're looking for people out there that have a passion for education. 
uh, both clients and, uh, and new employees and really want to excel in a team, team environment uh, where we all kind of win together um, and that we can, in fact, influence the world by uh, creating spaces where uh, education uh, is delivered to kids in the most exciting ways and in ways that they can flourish and influence the world, you know, in the future. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's both and, and people who uh, want to work with an architect who, who really wants to be a teammate, you know, not on the sidelines, just creating a space, but really creating spaces that, that are impactful for, for, for generations to come. Now, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or somebody on your team or learn more about GMB, what's the website? Uh, website, uh, just search GMB architects and engineers and, uh, it'll come up and, uh, we'd love to, uh, hear from anybody and, uh, people have questions. Don't be afraid to reach out. Well, Tim, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Well, thank you, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Learning Insights. And remember, this work could not be done without the support of our sponsor, Training Pros. Please support them so we can continue to share these important stories. Thank you for listening. For more information about Training Pros, visit their website at training-pros.com.